Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Welcome to Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Kick back and listen in your sweats to some quality writing from prominent preteen authors. The voice recordings are performed by your favorite failed lounge singer, Mr. McCormick himself. Enjoy. In this episode of Read Alouds with Mr. McCormick, find out what Brendan's life is like in the aftermath of his friendship with Chase. How is the video club faring? And what footage does Brendan uncover that may absolve Chase of his guilt and Brendan of his after the incident? All this and more coming next. Chapter 24, Brendan Espinosa. Kimberly's gone. I don't mean she's dead or anything drastic like that. She hasn't even moved away, just gone from my life. That time in the music room when she cared enough to help me out of the tuba when I was too slick with fire extinguisher foam to get any traction, I really believed that I was starting to make progress with her. But it turns out that was just wishful thinking. In the end, she was just hanging around to be close to Chase. Now that she's now that he's kicked out, she stopped coming to meetings. From an artistic standpoint, that's probably a good thing. Now she's back supporting the football team, since Chase is on it again. She even watches practice, sitting in the stands, her homework binder propped open on her lap. It makes me sad, because that's the same thing she did at Video Club. These days, the closest I get to her is when we happen to pass in the hall, and she looks like she's trying to remember where she knows me from. You'd think all that would make me really jealous of Chase. And it does, sort of. But the truth is, I probably miss Chase even more than I miss Kimberly. Video Club is useless without him. We might as well change the name to Club, because the creativity level in that room is basically zero. The others notice it too. It's pretty obvious when Miss DeLeo asks who's got footage to screen, and nobody has squat. Even though our club is grinding to a halt, I have no sympathy for those guys. I can't even get any of them to even consider the possibility that Chase might be innocent. Or maybe they're right and I'm the moron. Chase didn't hesitate to lie about what happened in the music room and blame everything on our electrical cables. Whatever he did or didn't do to Joel and the one-man band, he was just as bad as 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 Neanderthal pals in that way. But he was our friend. I refuse to believe that he was faking that. He was a good club member, maybe the best. He worked shoulder to shoulder with Shoshana on Warrior, which is the greatest thing we've ever produced. She should have at least taken the time to listen to his side of the story, if there's such a thing. Anyway, she didn't, and neither did Hugo or Mauricia or Barton or even me. We were fine to benefit from his talent when he was with us, but we never really believed that he wasn't the Chase Ambrose we used to know. And the first time something went wrong, we dropped him like a hot potato. The whole thing depresses me to the point where I almost want to quit Video Club. But I'm the president. If I leave, it'll fall apart for sure. No, it's up to me to jumpstart my fellow videos. Even though they don't deserve it, I'm going to make a video, any video, just to get the creative juices flowing again. Unfortunately, I have zero ideas. That's how blocked this chase business has made everybody. 
So I take a walk up and down the street just for a change of scenery. And then I see it. There's a big fat slug that's been climbing the stucco side of our house for a pa the past day and a half. He's not making a heck of a lot of progress, but only a third of the way up after all that time, which means he's averaging, by my calculations, like 15 feet per week. But you have to admire the little guy's spirit. He's absolutely determined to get where he's going, which is the roof, I guess. I don't know what's up there for him. That's his problem, not mine. I decide to film his journey, inch by inch up the side, defying gravity. I call it slugfest, or maybe something lofty, or sorry, I'll call it slugfest, or maybe something lofty and inspirational like The Ascent. Then, in editing, I can add in commentary, like he's pushing for the summit of Everest, or maybe a play-by-play -play from the Indy 500. That could be kind of funny, sport ca sportscasters raving about speed and acceleration and afterburners while, he, while he's millimeters along. Okay, it's no leaf man, but hopefully it'll get the video club going again. I take the flip cam out of my backpack, I always bring one home in case inspiration strikes, and mount it on my tripod. That way I can shoot hours of video without having to cool my heels watching nothing happening. Outside, I arrange the whole setup on our side walkway, with the camera pointing up so that sluggo is dead center in the frame. It's not as if he's going to zoom out of the picture anytime soon. Not unless someone straps a tiny booster rocket to his butt or whatever slugs have back there. I press the record button and nothing happens. No pulsing green light to indicate filming. Weird. We recharge, the, we recharge the camera batteries every day. I try again. Still nothing. That's when I notice the message flashing on the viewfinder. Memory. Full. That's impossible. Cl club rules say that you have to download your footage onto a computer or a memory stick so we can wipe the camera for the next user. Miss DeLeo is a real tyrant about it. How did this one get missed? And if the memory's full, what's on it? I press the play button. The first thing I hear out of the flip cam's tiny speaker is a high-octane, full orchestra rendition of For He's a Jolly Good Fellow. And I see myself in a dark suit and a bow tie on band risers in front of a green screen. I'm in a chair with a clarinet in my hands, pretending to play along with the fast-paced music. As I watch, transfixed, clarinet Brendan disappears to be replaced in a jump cut by another version of myself sitting in the same chair a few feet away. This time I've got a violin, and I'm fiddling like mad in furious time with this song. This goes on for a little while, and then, just as suddenly, I'm seated at a drum set on the highest riser, my arms just a blur. It hits me. This is one-man band. I must have started off the camera, excuse me, I must have started the camera, and in all the excitement, I never switched it off. Come to think of it, I never turned in the camera that afternoon. Kimberly did it for me while I was in the bathroom, trying to clean up my suit, which was hemorrhaging shoe polish all over the school. And Kimberly being Kimberly, she didn't know the rule about wiping the memory. She just put the camera back on the shelf. Amazing! I thought One Man Band was gone forever. And here it is on this flip cam, ready to be cut into my greatest video ever. Obviously, I won't be able to use the tuba part, because that's when we all got attacked and the whole shot gets busted up. After all, my band can't feature a tuba player who gets slimed with foam and trapped in his own instrument. But the rest of it, breathlessly, I fast forward, and it's all okay. Better than okay. This could be my first YouTube video to hit big time. I scan right to the end, and it's all there. 
Aaron and Bear raiding the shot, Kimberly running out to get Chase, and finally the tug-of-war between him and Bear with the fire extinguisher. Even over the loud music, you can actually hear the whack when the heavy metal casing smashes Joel right in the eye. I wince a little at that. No wonder half the, half the poor guy's face is black and blue. That had to hurt, and I bet it still does. Also, and this is important, no smoke, no fire. No reason to fill the room with foam. Not that I ever took that story seriously, but it's still nice to see hard evidence. Evidence. I'm so wrapped up in reliving it that it takes a few seconds to realize that I'm looking at something monumentally important. All that craziness in that room happened so fast that it was impossible to process it. But here's a visual record that I can watch over and over again to catch every detail. So I back up the clip to the moment Chase bursts onto the scene and runs in superhero slow-mo. He looks shocked as if he planned if sorry, if he planned this, he has to be the greatest actor in the world. When Bear hands him the fire extinguisher, he takes it, but he just stands there holding it as if he has no idea what it is or why he has it. He never fires it or even holds it upright. It's like he's in a daze until Bear tries to grab the thing back. Then Chase wakes up and the struggle is, is on to keep it away from Bear. And when he pulls it free and swings it back and hits Chole, pure accident. Maybe afterward, he helped Aaron and Bear cover up what they did. But this video proves that Chase was trying to stop the attack, not to join in. I'm practically bursting out of my skin with excitement. I want to run in 15 different directions to spread the word far and wide. Who should I tell first? Chase? Miss DeLeo? Dr. Fitzwallis? It's more than just about video club. It's about justice. And don't forget Joel himself. He shouldn't be allowed to go on thinking Chase still has it out for him. And Shoshana, she's a nice person and a great idiot. But let's face it, right now she'd burn Chase at the stake if she thought he, she could get away with it. She needs to know what really happened. All the idiots do. I frown. It's the weekend. None of us will be at school until Monday. This has to be done right. The school can wait, but the video club should see this footage. It's more than just evidence. It'll be nothing less than a demonstration of the power of the moving image to change hearts and minds. Who better than the president of the video club to make that happen? I take out my phone and compose a text to Chase, Shoshana, and Joel. Urgent. Come to my house at 10 a.m. tomorrow. There's something important you have to see. P.S. I'm not trying to rope you into helping with another YouTube video. After some agonized soul searching, I send the same text to Kimberly, but add a line that says, P.S. Chase is going to be there. Okay, I want to see her again. Sue me. Chapter 25, Chase Ambrose. There's something important you have to see. May I should try that again. There's something important you have to see. I stare at Brendan's text on my phone. What's the big deal that he needs to show me? Probably nothing. Chances are he really is just trying to rope me in to help with a new YouTube video. Although he says that's not it. I don't care. The fact that he texted me at all is something. I haven't heard a peep from any of the video club kids since that day in the music room. Who can blame them? They all heard how I lied about the electrical fire. And they don't even know about the really bad thing I did. To be honest, I'd give anything to be a part of one of Brendan's goofball videos again. They're always hilarious, and I could use a good laugh right about now. I can't remember the last time I laughed. Nothing has been funny lately. And the most unfunny part is what I just found out about myself. Yeah, Aaron and Bear are jerks. 
My dad's pushy, and the video club has turned on me. But I'm worse than all of them. I'm a criminal. And the fact that I don't remember it doesn't change what I did. How could I do such a thing? It's a question that doesn't need answering. I didn't do it. The old me did. And that's no mystery that the old... And it's no mystery that the old me was capable of some pretty awful stuff. I stole Mr. Soloway's Medal of Honor from his room at Portland Street. One sleazy act of many, courtesy of Chase, Aaron, and Bear. I have no idea what I plan to do with it. Sell it, probably. And split the money with my two accomplices. But that little plan went sour when I stashed it somewhere. And then went and got amnesia and couldn't remember my hiding place. No wonder Aaron and Bear were so suspicious of me. They thought I was holding out on them so I could keep the profit for myself. And the worst part is that I can't even give the medal back to Mr. Soloway because I have absolutely no idea what I did with it. And I don't know how to find out. Maybe it'll come back to me in bits and pieces like some of my past. But when? It could take years. What if Mr. Soloway dies in the meantime? How will I ever make it right? It's funny. The idea of going back to Brendan's house stings, even though I've only been there once. When I had the accident, I never longed for my old life because I couldn't remember it. But my new old life, video club and my new friends, losing that hurts a lot. Since this time, I know what I'm missing. And it hurts twice as much because of how quick those guys were to turn against me. Maybe that means we were never really friends, even though I thought we were. My partnership with Shoshana felt that way for sure. When the two of us were working side by side, interviewing Mr. Soloway and editing Warrior, I was positive that we were creating something amazing together. All the kids in Video Club were finally starting to trust me. Even Joel was kind of warming up to me. Or so I thought. I must have been nuts. In the end, that's why I decide to go to Brendan's. If he's reaching out to me, that's a good thing. I leave the house and step into a beehive of activity. Boxes and furniture are scattered all over the lawn next door. Four big guys are loading everything into a moving truck. That's right, the Tottenham, Tottenham excuse me, are moving today. Supposedly, they're really, nice, they're really nice neighbors who were great to Johnny and me growing up. Mom is sad they're moving. I have no clue, of course. When you've got amnesia, it's hard enough to relearn the important people in your life. You tend to lose the crowd around the fringes. I'm cutting across the grass in the direction of Brendan's when, the two of the, when two of the movers step out the front door carrying a large framed painting. I gasp, and for a second, I forget to breathe. It's her. So think back to the very first episode and what, um, well, first recording, think about what he kept remembering, the one thing he could remember in his hospital bed, and I bet that that's what this is. The little girl in the blue dress trimmed in white lace. My only memory that stuck with me through the accident. I think about the hours I spent agonizing over that image, where it came from, and whether I might have been, I might have hallucinated the whole thing. But no, here she is in that same red ribbon in her blonde hair. I see details aren't in my memory. Like she's standing in a garden surrounded by flowers, and there's a little watering can in her hand. I didn't imagine her at all. I remembered her from the painting in my neighbor's house. I run over to Miss Tottenham, who is wringing her hands over the handling of a carton marked Super Fragile. That painting, I exclaim, my voice hoarse. Did you ever show it to me? Oh, hello, Chase, she chuckles. No, that's just a reproduction, of course. An, orig an original memoir would be worth tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, okay, I say breathlessly. But why do I know it? Did I ever see this in your place? 
I don't think so, dear, she tells me. I was hanging in the upstairs solitarium. Or sol sol solarium, sorry, it's not solitarium. It's a totally different thing. Solarium. I follow her pointing finger to the glassed-in sunroom on the second floor of the house. So I didn't see it, but I did. How else could it be the only image to make the trip through my shattered memory? My eyes travel from the Tottenham home to ours next door. Could I have looked inside their solarium from one of our upstairs windows? No way. The entrance to our house is around the corner, facing away from theirs. Our dormer, our dorm, sorry, is in the front. That sunroom faces nothing but a chimney and some sloped shingles. The only way to see that painting from our place would be to climb to the top of the roof and peer down over the huge glass window. And suddenly, I just know. I run back inside, tear up the stairs to my bedroom, and step out into the perch that was so much a part of my old life. I start to climb, my rubber-soled sneakers clinging to the rough shingles. The dormer, which houses my room, is beside me. But that leaves a sloped path with about three feet wide, leading straight up to the top. As comfortable as I am on the section of the roof right outside my window, the steep slog to the peak is another ball game. The grade is sharp, and the higher I go, the clearer the image of exactly what must have happened over the summer becomes, and how far I must have fallen. The ground seems so distant, it should be in another zip code. I'm amazed I didn't dash my brains out all over the grass. I get on my hands and knees, and my ascent becomes a crawl. I feel a little more secure this way, especially as I near the apex, where I can see my right arm, or sorry, I can use my right arm to cling to the dormer. I'm pretty scared, but I'm even more determined to get up there. For me to remember that l the little girl in blue, she must have been the last thing I saw before the accident. That makes sense, since the roof is the only place I could have seen her from. I can't explain it, but I'm positive the key to what happened to me lies a few feet ahead. I stretch out my arm, get a grip on the top of the A-frame, and haul myself up to gaze down upon the Tottenham's house. There it is, the floor-to-ceiling window of the sunroom. I can even make out a large faded rectangle on the wall where the picture must have hung. Okay, I think. This is where I was when I fell. But it still doesn't answer a big question. Why did I come up here? Was I spying on the Tottenhams and their sunroom? Was I rotten enough? But why would I care about what they were doing? Besides, according to Mom, we were friends. I could have just knocked on their door. Why bother to climb halfway to the moon? Frustration wells in me, mingling with my disappointment. So the little girl in the blue dress tells me where I fell from. But that's it? As I inch my way back from the peak, I extend my right arm, steadying myself against the cedar shakes on the, yeah, sorry, shakes on the side of the dormer. No sense repeating my swan dive off the roof, although it's no more than I deserve. I almost slip as one of the shakes pulls away. A terrified gasp escapes me, so I slide a little before stopping my descent with my feet. I hang on like a fly to a wall, while the racing of my pulse returns to normal. That's when I catch a glimpse of the blue behind the dull brown of the loose shake. There's something back there, wedged in behind the loose wood. I know what it is before I reach for it, and I think we all know what this is. My hand closes in on the silky blue ribbon, and as I draw it out, I feel the weight of the military decoration attached to it. The sorry, the gold five-pointed star catches briefly on some insulation, and there it is, Mr. Soloway's Medal of Honor, stolen, hidden, forgotten, and discovered again. 
Then, as I'm finding the metal, as sorry, as I'm, as if the metal has unclogged a drain, the memory of my accident pours back into me. It starts at the apex of the roof, with me gloating over the brilliance of my hiding place, while peering down through the sunroom window of Mr. Tottenham next door. He's in the lotus position on the floor, performing awkward yoga in front of the painting of the girl in blue. That's what does me in, the hilarious sight of my overweight neighbor twisted into a pretzel, looking like a giant mutant lemon in his skin-tight fluorescent yellow workout suit. I let go for just a second, reaching for my phone to get a picture of this one-man comedy routine. And the next thing I know, I'm skidding down the roof, the rectangular pattern of the shingles becoming a blur as I pick up speed. I, cr I cr claw excuse me, madly at the slope, desperate for a handhold, a foothold, anything to stop my descent. But it's no use. My momentum is too much, and I'm falling. When I hit the eaves, I flip over a little, giving a terrifying view of the yard as it screams up to me. I know, dizzying, I know in dizzying acceleration, and I brace for impact, but the memory ends there. I don't have to hit the ground a second time. So that's how it happened. The mishap that turned my entire life upside down and almost killed me. Serves me right for snooping on Mr. Poor Tottenham. How is it my business if he wants to do yoga in form-fitting spandex? But that was the old chase. Everything was his business because he said it was. What I was planning to do with that picture if I managed to get the phone... Or sorry, what was I planning to do with that picture if I managed to get my phone out of my pocket, show Aaron and Bear and the football team, post it on Facebook, print up 50 copies and plaster it all over town? I sighed. Who knows why that Chase did what he did? I should probably just be grateful. I don't have to be him anymore. The metal clutched tightly to my palm. I climbed down, sorry, I climbed down gingerly, careful to keep both hands and feet on the roof at all times. My mind is whirling. Brendan's house will just have to wait. Nothing there can be as important as returning to its rightful up. Uh, sorry, be as important as returning this to its imp its rightful owner. I have to see Mr. Soloway. Near the eaves, I slide on my butt to my window and throw a leg over the sill. Chase! Uh-oh. Mom. You promised you wouldn't go out here on the roof ever again! Do I have to nail your window shut? I just blow past her. Sorry, Mom! I toss over my shoulder. Gotta get to Portland Street! I'm not finished yelling at you yet! Have you forgotten what happened to you last summer? Do you have amnesia about the amnesia? I'm running down the stairs calling, I'll explain later! In the kitchen, I catch a so soft dish of, sorry, I snatch a soft dish towel off the drying rack and wrap it around the metal. I jam it in my pocket and blast out the door. All right, and that's the end of chapter 25. We'll pick up in our next episode in chapter 26 with Joel Weber, and we'll find out how Mr. Soloway takes it when he gets his medal back. Have a great day, everybody.